Once again, I'm Stuart Mazell, a lead pastor here at Westminster. Great to see you all here. And um, today we start a new sermon series called The Truth About Truth. And we'll, I will leave the introductions for the introduction to the sermon. But we will be looking at John chapter 18. John chapter 18, verses 28 and following. So if you'd like to turn in a Bible and look it up yourself, feel free. If not, you can look on the screens on the, at the front. This is God's Word, and, and what we're seeing here is right before Jesus is crucified, the religious leaders um, have arrested Jesus, and that's where we are at this point. Starting in verse 28 of John 18. Then they, these religious leaders, they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled but eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at Passover. Do you want me to release you to you, the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Let me pray for us. Jesus, even reading this passage, just, it causes me to want to love you even more, knowing what you went through for our good. 
So give us eyes to see and ears to hear today that we would know the truth and that the truth really would set us free. Amen. So Charlie Chaplin, you guys know who Charlie Chaplin is? I, I made sure we had a, uh, a, a picture just in case for the younger folks among us that you might not know who this guy is. He was a hugely popular actor in the early 1900s. Now in, in the book, my father, Charlie Chaplin, Charlie Jr., his son, tells a story that his dad told him. Now, whether this actually happened or not, I do not know. But it is in this book. So apparently there was a Charlie Chaplin look-alike contest, 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 I can't speak, contest at Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood. And there were around 30 or 40 contestants all vying to be the Charlie Chaplin look-alike. And the real Charlie Chaplin decided it would be fun to go to this con contest and be a contestant. He didn't tell anybody he was the real Charlie Chaplin. He just acted like another contestant. And you know what happened? He came in third. <laughs> third place, the real Charlie Chaplin at a at a contest to say, who looks most like Charlie Chaplin? And he came in third. That story reminds me of how sometimes the truth is staring us in the face and we don't recognize it. And that's what's happening here in John 18. The religious leaders, they take Jesus to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of Judea, because they want to put Jesus to death. And they're more concerned about oh, not being defiled uh, uh, for Passover than they are about putting someone innocent to death. They didn't know the truth. So they bring Jesus to Pontius Pilate, and Pilate interrogates Jesus. And in verse 37, we read that Pilate says, So you are a king. And Jesus answers, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And then Pilate says, what is truth? Unfortunately, Pilate doesn't listen to what Jesus has to say next because he walks back out of the room. And I fear that too many of us in our society today, in our world today, we may ask the question, what is truth? What is true? But we're not really willing to listen to what the answer might be. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this sermon series is to talk about what is the truth? What is true? And with all apologies to the uh, X-Files, the truth may be out there. But there's also a lot of confusion out there when it comes to the truth. Let me show you an example of this. In 2020, Barna Research conducted a survey of Americans about truth. This was eye-opening to me. The results were as follows. I think we have an image. There we go. You might not be able to read that. 
but hopefully you can follow along. The survey found that 42% of Americans say that God is the basis of truth. Now, I'm not great at math, but I know that 42% isn't the majority. 42% said that God is the basis of truth. The other percentages were taken up this way. 16% said it's an inner feeling. Like, I know what is true because I feel it inside. 15% said that the basis of truth was scientific in nature. Uh, if science can prove it, it must be true. 5% said tradition. If tradition says it, it must be true. 4% said public consensus. If everybody around me is saying it's true, it must be true. And then there were 5% that said there is no such thing as truth. And then a whopping 13% said, I don't know. I got no clue where truth comes from or how do you know what truth is. You know what? Maybe this is part of the reason why there is an onslaught of fake news today. Maybe this is the reason why there's so much misinformation and disinformation on the internet. Maybe this is part of the reason why there are so many conspiracy theories out there, and then there are people who debunk the conspiracy theories, and then there are people who debunk the debunking of the conspiracy, spirits, conspiracy theories, and it goes on and on and on. What is true? What is the truth? And people just kind of shrug their shoulders and say, I don't know. Today we're going to talk about the truth about truth. And when it comes to the truth about truth, there are four foundational concepts we need to know. Now, there are more, but this is all I could fit in this sermon, okay? So there are at least four foundational concepts we need to know. And the first is this, and we're going to start very basic. I mean, super basic. Truth is that which conforms to what actually is. Now, if we were at a different time, I might not have to say that. But in our society today, I have to actually say, truth is that which conforms to what actually is. Because some people don't see it that way. When I was in school, I used to hate true and false tests. Whenever the teacher would pass out the paper and it said true or false at the top, I was like, ah! Because essay questions and short answers, I can fake my way through that. Multiple choice questions, I might be able to guess. But true or false, I'm either right or I'm wrong. And I hated it. That's the nature of truth. If something is true, it conforms to what actually is. And if it's not true, it doesn't conform to what actually is. George Washington's image is on a $1 bill here in America. True, right? It conforms to what actually is. But if someone wants to tell me peanuts are not an ingredient in Jif peanut butter, that's false. I know that's like big information to you guys, but peanuts are a significant part of what it means to have peanut butter, right? 
So that doesn't conform to what actually is. And what I've seen in society as a whole, especially here in America, is, is what we read in 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4, where people are, are moving away from the truth, as, as Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but they have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. In other words people will start to listen for what they really want to hear and believe that, whether it's true or not. And they actually move away from the truth, that which actually is, to myths. And this is not just religious stuff, even though it does apply there, obviously, but did you know that there is a a large and growing number of people called the Flat Earth Society? Did, did you know this? They have a real presence on the internet. They're, they're part of their motto, as I found on their website, the Flat Earth Society mans the guns against the oppression of thought and the globularist lies of a new age. Standing with reason, we offer a home to those wayward thinkers that march bravely on with reason and truth in recognizing the true shape of the earth, flat. This is not a joke. These folks, they they really, truly believe that the earth is flat. And no matter how much scientific proof, no matter how much other kinds of proof is put forward, they argue that that stuff's not true. What they believe is true. But truth conforms to what actually is. And if we're going to talk about the truth, if we're going to say we believe the truth, we have to recognize what truth is. Truth is that which actually, that which conforms to what actually is. That's the first foundational concept. A second one is very similar to it, but we need to to bear this out. We need to make sure that we understand this. That not only is truth conforming to what actually is, number two, there is such a thing as universal, objective truth. Universal, objective truth. What I mean by universal, objective truth is this. It's a truth that is true for everyone whether they believe it or not, whether they like it or not, whether they feel good about it or not. It is a truth that is true for everybody, and it is true regardless of whether they like it or believe in it or think about it that way. It is true. It is true truth, as Francis Schaeffer used to say. Now, there are plenty of people in our day and age that would say there is no such thing as objective, universal truth. I've had conversations with these folks, and sometimes it can be a little frustrating. 
let's think about the claim for a minute. Someone comes to you and says, there is no universal objective truth. I think you have to ask the question, is that statement universally and objectively true? If the statement is false, then we don't have to take it seriously. But if it's true, the person who's claiming it has a real problem. Do you see the problem there? If to say there is no objective universal truth is true, then there's at least one thing that's true, and it's that statement. And if that's true for everybody, then you are negating what you've just said. Folks, the people who make these claims, they are borrowing capital from truth while at the same time trying to undermine truth. They're using truth to deny truth. When Jesus said in verse 37 of John 18, you say that I am a king and for this purpose I was born and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Hear what he's saying. He is not saying, this is my truth, but it may not be your truth. He's saying this is true for everybody. Some of you will believe it, some of you won't, but it is true. <laughs> Earlier in the Gospel of John, when Jesus is talking to the religious leaders, in John 8, verses 44 through 46, he says, and remember, he's talking to the religious gurus of his day, and he says, you are of your father, the devil. Whoa. <laughs> That's kind of strong, Jesus. And then he says, and your will is to do your father's desires because he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is, he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin if I tell the truth? Why do you not believe me? See, Jesus isn't going for the whole, well, my truth and your truth may not be the same truth. Right? You know, in, in her acceptance speech during uh, the 75th annual Globe and Golden Globes, I think that's right, uh, Oprah Winfrey said that speaking your truth is the most powerful tool that we have. And some people have taken that to mean your truth is just for you, my truth is just for me, and there is no truth that covers all of us. It's just my truth or your truth or his truth or her truth. Now, I want to be fair. I want to be fair to that argument. There are some things that are true for me that are not true for you. There are. Like, for example, I really like spicy dill pickle potato chips. I think they're really tasty. Some of you may be thinking, spicy dill pickle potato chips, that's nasty. Right? Now, it's true for me to say they're tasty, 
It would not be true for you if you think that way. Or maybe you're thinking, I will never taste those. Because yuck. But we're talking about opinions here. I'm not making a universal claim that spicy dill pickled potato chips are good for everybody. I'm just saying that I like them. So yeah, that is true for me, but I'm not making an objective universal truth statement. What Jesus is doing, however, is making a universal, applicable to everyone, objective truth statement. Now you can believe it or not. I can believe it or not. But we have to take it as not, well, that's Jesus' truth, and then I have my truth, and someone else has their truth. That's not the way this works. Either what Jesus said is true, or it's not. And that's all. There's no in-between when it comes to things like this. So those are two of the foundational concepts about truth. We have truth that conform, truth is that which conforms to what actually is. We have that truth, there is such a thing as universal, objective truth. And then third, truth is knowable. Again, if I was in a different society, I might not need to say this, but in this one, we really need to say this, and we need to say it a lot. Truth is knowable. You don't know how many people I have come across who say, well, you can't really know the truth. Truth is outside of our grasp. Truth is something that you can't really know. I mean, there may be such a thing as objective reality out there, Stuart, but you can't know what that is. You know why? Because everybody brings their own perspective. Everybody brings their own lens. Everybody has a subjective way of looking at the same thing. And some people see it from one angle, some people see it from another angle, so you can't really know whether you're actually seeing the truth or not. For some people, that's a very powerful argument. But again, we have to ask, is that claim universally and objectively true? Now, I don't know what he meant by this, but Alan Siegel, professor of religion in Columbia University, I don't know whether he meant this to be taken as a joke only, or if he was serious, but he has this quote. Here's the quote, and I put it on the screen so you can follow along with it. When somebody claims to know the truth and claims to be able to tell it to you, the first thing you should do is check to see if you still have your watch, because that's the prelude to getting taken. In other words, if someone says, I know the truth, let me tell you about it, they're trying to scam you. There's a little bit of truth in that. <laughs> but at the same time, let's take this for serious. Let's take this literally. If Alan Siegel really does believe this, then what is he doing? He's claiming to know the truth, right? And he's trying to tell you the truth. So what should you do? You should look to see if you still have your watch because Alan Siegel might be trying to take it. See, this is the mess that we get in when we abandon truth. 
when we abandon the concept of what true truth really is. The fact that I even have to say the words true truth tells us something about our society. Jesus, in chapter 18, verse 37 of John, says, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. He's wasting his time if we can't know what truth is. But Jesus is making a big assumption here, a good assumption, a right assumption, that you can know what is true. You might not know it exhaustively, you might not know it fully, but you can know something that is true. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense for Jesus to come as a witness to the truth. Again, I fear that what Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 3 really applies to us today. As I read this, listen to see if you can hear some of the echoes of what it looks like in our society, of what it sounds like in our society right now. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Folks, we live in a society where there's so much information being thrown at us day in and day out. And sometimes we have no idea whether that information is accurate or not. In a sense, we can be said to be always learning, but never arriving at the truth. But truth is knowable. That truth which corresponds to what actually is, is knowable. The truth that is universal and objective is knowable. And that truth is found in Jesus. That's the fourth foundational thing that we have to understand if we're going to move forward in this sermon series. And if we're going to move forward in this world that is so confused about the truth, we have to understand that Jesus embodies the truth. You want to know truth? You know Jesus. That's where you find truth and the truest truth. John chapter 1 verse 14, talking about Jesus. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen His glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You want to know the truth? You know Jesus. Jesus Himself says in John 14, 6, 
I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is making an absolute claim, a universal claim. You want to go to God the Father, you have to know me first. It's an absolute. You can't wiggle your way around that unless you say he's lying or he's not telling the truth. And then in our passage from John 18 today, verse 37, remember what Jesus said. He said, you say that I am a king for this purpose I was born into the world. For this purpose I was born and for this purpose I've come into the world to bear witness to the truth. And everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. If you want to know the truth, you need to know Jesus. And that's your action point for today. Seek the truth by following Jesus. Seek the truth by following Jesus. You know, I made mention of X-Files earlier. I don't know how many of you ever watched the X-Files back in the 90s or you're watching it now on streaming services But Mulder and Scully were always trying to find out the truth that was actually going on. And there were government conspiracies, and there was cover-ups, and there were all kinds of things going on. But they were always seeking that which is true. I wish we, as the people of God, were a lot more like Mulder and Scully in that regard. That we just have this insatiable thirst for what is true, for the truth. And we're willing to do whatever it takes to get there. And we know what it takes to get there. It's Jesus. You can go to your fact-checking website to try to find the truth. You can go to factcheck.org, you can go to Snopes, you can go to checkyourfact.com, you can go to mediabiasfactcheck.com. There's all kinds of places where you can go to fact check. But even those places have been accused of being subjective, of not really telling the truth. The only person who's going to tell you the truth always is Jesus. The one who left heaven to live a perfect life of obedience that all of us fail to lead. The only one who was willing that while we were sinners, while we had our own evil in our own hearts, he was willing to go to the cross for us, to substitute himself for us. The only one who was willing to go to the grave and then come out again alive so that he can give all who believe in him life. And as we follow Jesus, we'll know the truth. And the truth will set us free. Now, I know there are a few of you who are going, wait a second, Stuart. 
Religious truth is one thing. What about just, you know, life truth? I see something on the internet and I go, is that true? Are you telling me by following Jesus, I can find out whether that's true or not? Here's what I'm saying. If Jesus embodies the truth, and he always tells us the truth, why wouldn't we go to him in any circumstance, with any question, and say, Jesus, I need to know the truth. Help me to know the truth. Why wouldn't we? Believer, if that's what you believe, that Jesus is the embodiment of truth and he knows the truth and he always speaks the truth, why wouldn't we? When we're confused about what is really true, why wouldn't we say, Jesus, lead me by your spirit into truth? Because I'm so confused about the mess that's around me, maybe even in me. I need your truth. And you know what? I believe that is a kind of prayer that Jesus will answer. One way or another. He might not give you an immediate answer. But I believe he will answer it. He will lead his people into truth. He's promised that. Because he is the truth. He bears witness to the truth. So seek the truth by following Jesus. And let's continue to grow in knowing the truth. By learning from Jesus. I'm going to pray for us that we'll be able to do that. Jesus, you say that you are the way, the truth, and the life. I want to believe that with all of my heart. I want to follow you with all of my heart. I want to know the truth. I want to believe the truth. I want to live out the truth. And I want everyone who's hearing this sermon to do the same. That each one of us, whether we are an unbeliever today or whether we've been a believer for 30 or 40 years or more, Lord, would you guide us into what is truly true, the real truth, not fake news, truth. Guide us, lead us, even fill us with the truth for your glory and for our good and for the good of the people around us. Amen.